Nolan Wakefield. It's the Nolan Car Night Show. I'm going to join Nolan's guest this week, Dan Jenning, to the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Nolan. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the show. And as I'll say at the end of the show, if you enjoy what you've watched so far, do us a favor, subscribe, like, comment, share, all that fun jazz, as you usually say on all platforms to really help it grow. But that's for the end, too. And I want to introduce my guest this week. You know, if you're from Southern New England, mainly Rhode Island, you know who my guest is. He's the man with the million-dollar smile and hairdo, originating from Quincy, Massachusetts. Oh, and he's also a six-time, 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 six-time Emmy Award winner. He's the one and only Mr. Dan Jennings. How are you doing today, Dan? Well, thanks for that nice introduction. Great to be with you. Thanks for inviting me on, Nolan. I, I, I want to ask how life's going, but one thing I wanted to ask about quickly is that I saw that the stations were getting nominated for Emmys, and I believe I saw your name on there again. So how, how, does, how does that feel uh, to be nominated once again? I, I mean, it always is, is a great, um, it's always a great honor. I think uh, this is different because I'm actually honored with a team. Sure. And th- that team is uh, our 11 o'clock team. And we were honored, uh, we were actually nominated in, two times in the same category. Um, so it, it was the time we were covering on re. So those kind of storms, you kind of, you know, scripts aside, sure. you're kind of being, you know, honest and raw. So I think it would be nice. It's always nice to be nominated when you're in a group category where sure. my other Emmys mostly have come from individual. So sure. it's great. So I'm really, I'm really proud of my, the producers and, and the photographers and the meteorologists and my co-anchors. So we'll see what happens. I don't want to say if, cause I know it's going to happen when you win and you get a seventh one, where are you going to put it? Is there enough room where the other six are? Honestly, I, I, I always tell this funny story, but when I was, you know, in Boston and, and one of my goals was to get an Emmy, you know, cause I was young and I was working in Boston and I, and I got my first Emmy. I, I forget which one it was for, but the next day I woke up and my daughter had put Barbie clothes on it. Uh, and I remember, I remember saying to myself that always put everything in perspective in television, sure. you know, that the, the awards are always an honor, but honestly, to be a hundred percent honest, they're all in a box in my basement. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy who puts them up on the walls, sure. but that's just me. Sure, sure. Now, b- besides that, though, and obviously the these are interesting, weird, quirky, crazy times, and it seems as though I know Dr. Fauci had said something recently that we're sort of out of the phase in terms of the pandemic, but how's life been for you at this point of the pandemic compared to maybe the beginning of it? You know, for me, honestly, um, besides you know, on a work level, I never stopped coming into the office. So uh, I always came in, uh, there were certain protocols as to what doors I had to sure. come in, what, what office I had to stay in and when I couldn't come, come in into the studio. Um, but I think I was uh, one of only a, a few anchors that were the only ones that maintained coming into this building where all right. reporters had to stay outside. Um, you know, my wife continued to work uh, my kids were kind of in and out of school, meaning they were either zooming or they were or they were in classroom. So on a personal level, besides taking the precautions and seeing kind of everything get dried up around us, you, you know, you couldn't go to restaurants, et cetera, like that. It wasn't too, too bad um, on a person on, on a professional level. You know, obviously, besides the precautions, it wasn't too much of a change. But, uh, you know, I, I think we'd all be lying if we didn't say that the pandemic didn't affect us in some kind sure. of mental capacity. Um, for me, I think it's made me appreciate people more sure. because there was so much isolation. Um, and I think we're seeing that in just in life. I think more people are, you know, either leaving work or retiring early. 
So, um, but you know, definitely a tough experience to see people lose their lives and go through such challenges, lose businesses, um, being separated from family. So I'm sure you have a personal story. Everyone has one. Um, so it's nice to kind of be on the, hopefully the other side of that. Sure. And what I'm hoping and what Dr. Fauci just had had said that we're sort of at the, the phase in terms of COVID scariness. Now, you know, being that I'm gra- I'm a senior this year, I didn't have to worry about last year and the year prior about having my parents stay at home and watch them wa- have me walk across the screen. So hopefully all the craziness outside sort of dies down and we don't have any more people who are ruining it for others. But I'm sure and you said that you gain a greater appreciation for people and the ability to be in person and when things weren't as bad now that you have experienced this. Being that, you know, and I mentioned this in your intro, Quincy Mass, growing up there, what was your relationship like in terms of the news at, from a viewer standpoint, but also as a potential career path? Was it feasible? Uh, you know, it, it, it probably wasn't. <laughs> um, I, I, I try to be honest with everyone. So I grew up the youngest of seven brothers in an in a, in a, in a Irish Catholic family. And um, for the most part, my, my father and, and most of my brothers are, are, are you know, um, you know, they're, they're, they're in, they're each profession. But when I had first mentioned that I wanted to be on a journalist and TV news, it was kind of out of the box for them. Sure. They almost didn't, it was kind of like, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, and you know, my father, you know, I had no connections. Uh, I didn't, I was not raised with money. Um, so in some ways, even some of my good friends at the time were like, what? you're going to be on TV. And, um, I, I just had this mantra that I, that I knew I wanted to do it and I could visualize it. And I knew that I wanted to do it, um, ethically and just being a good person. Sure. I didn't want to be sometimes when you watch the movies about people getting ahead, it's always someone kind of, you know, screw somebody over. Yeah. Um, I've always tried to do it with a respectful manner, um, and, and do, be, do the right thing. And it just, you know, one thing, like anything, you, you'll see it in your career. Cause you know, you're at such a young age or starting so early, yeah. you know, that, that people see that and they say, wow, he's hungry and he yeah. wants it. And he, you know, he could be out with his friends tonight, but he's, he's working and he's doing this. Sure. Eventually they see that and you get in the right place. Sure. Um, so for me, you know, it was kind of a long shot, but here I am and, and I'm, I'm still loving, you know, still doing it. Sure. So. Now I've, I've had on a few of your colleagues on Frank and Joe, and I had Anthony on as well. And I got their perspective on it, but I've also had coaches, athletes, musicians on as well, and sort of asking them and talking to them about, you know, what set them aside in terms of how they knew or what they could tell that, hey, I have something here that could be used in the tangible sense in a career path. Could you tell at an early age that maybe your view of maybe the news or reporting stuff was different than most kids? Um. You know, I think, I think that's a good question because I think a, a lot of times, you know, whether you're a kid or even as we are now, a lot of people don't look in the mirror and see positive traits because, you know, we seem to be in a society where, you know, people are either putting each other down or we're just, okay. just toughing ourselves. Um, I, I knew that I, that I loved people and I knew that I, even at a young age, I, I, I could talk to older people. I could talk to kids my age. Um, I, I was, you know, I, I, when I had friend groups over, it was not just one group. You know, it may have been the athletes and, you know, the smart kids sure. and, 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 and the, the people from the drama club. I, I was pretty open to everybody. And I was always really just interested in people's stories. Um, I, I always tell students or, or people when I speak is that, you know, the biggest, most powerful word is two letters. It's high. 
Yeah. And you, you, you know, whether you're standing at a deli counter waiting for meat, everyone grabs their phone. You know, you go to a restaurant and you're waiting, for, everyone grabs their phone. Sure. I mean, obviously we didn't have phones, cell phones when I was growing up, but I mean, I just love talking to people and hearing sure. their stories. And um, I was a hard worker. Sure. You know, probably like yourself, you know, I, I, I love to work. Uh, I love, I, I'm not afraid, to, you know, when I was first starting out, it was Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll be oh. there. So I think those are probably, you know, two traits. And I think a lot of people who are probably watching you, they probably have those traits. They just don't realize it. Sure. Now, I, I also want to ask this, and you sort of alluded to it, but in, also in the sense of, you know, seeing yourself and what you could perceive or see in your field, future field, growing up, and I think nowadays it's more prevalent where you have adults who have their own viewpoint of what their kids are going to do, how they set their path forward and not have to take any input into that. But for you, when you realized, hey, I'm going to go to Suffolk, I'm going to, you know, do journalism and be in the news, how supportive were your parents in terms of saying, hey, this is what he wants to do. So, you know, good for him. I think my parents were very supportive. You know, I came from an old kind old fashioned kind of family and I was the youngest at that point. So my parents were a lot older. I just think it was out of the wheelhouse. Sure. You know, it wasn't something that, the, you know, my father was, you know, an electrician. He would say, Hey, you know, you know, once you get, you know, go, go to a couple of classes and then you can come work with, with my company, you know? Sure. Um, because I think what I realized later in life, Nolan, is that, and it wasn't until my father almost passed was, was close to death is that my father actually wanted to be a DJ and he went to, he went to a DJ class. <laughs> um, and then, you know, then he went to, you know, served the country, went, served some time in the military. And then when he came back, life just took over yeah. back then. It was, you know, meet a woman, get married, you know? So I'm sure for him, it was kind of interesting to see his son have that kind of same interest and, and pursue it. Yeah. Uh, but they were very supportive and, sure. you know, they got to see me on television and they got to see me interact with people. Sure. Um, and I think they, you know, they, that's why I think I'm so grounded sure. because of them. Cause they, they were both, they were both very kind people. And, and I think, um, they, they kept me grounded. So. Sure. Well, and I think that that helps a lot when, when parents or anyone else sees that someone has talent in some field and they support them, whether it's, they connect to it, or are not, you know, my, my father's not the most technical savvy type of person, nor is my grandparents. But when my grandfather heard that I had Anthony on and he, I forget what it was, he was over one night and he was watching it for the next 35, 40 minutes, even though he doesn't know how to operate the iPad, doesn't know how to operate YouTube, doesn't know how to hit subscribe, but he knows that there's something here to do. For me though, at, at URI, and it's known sort of that the Harrington School is sort of uh, push people forward to really improving and being on the forefront of the experiences that they have. And I don't know what it was like when you were there, although I'm sure nowadays the te technology, technological aspect of it has definitely changed and improved. So when you were going to school, and I know you mentioned and when you were on Brendan Kirby's uh, show many, many years ago, that it wasn't, it was journalism, but then there was political science and being in government type of situation those early experiences as a student and doing journalism, whether it be kids magazine or one of those situations, how did that help you in terms of find where your place was in the world of journalism? You know, it, it, it's interesting because when I look at the Harrington school, you know, at the time that I went to Suffolk, our journalism program was okay. So our studio was like in a closet. Okay. And at the time, the only way you could watch it was in the hallways, but often 
students, you know, joking around would pull the wires. Sure. So for most of my college career, I would be doing <laughs> broadcasts for people that never saw it. Yeah. And, and I only tell you that story is because now when I teach, these students have a street side studio sure. and, and they, you know, Suffolk has a program where they can actually be on Boston television. Okay. So I, I never had those opportunities. Um, and a lot of my professors uh, had no experience in the business. So the reason I tell you that story is, is that if you have drive and you have hunger yeah. and you really believe in yourself, it doesn't matter what school you go to. You can graduate from Columbia. You can graduate from Emerson. You can graduate from, um, from community, Rhode Island community college. It does not matter. Um, and I think I'm an example of that. Sure. It's about how hungry you are, how hard you're willing to work and you know, how much you're putting yourself out there. So I think, um, I, I just, you know, believed in myself when a lot of people didn't, but I didn't necessarily have the best sure. journalism school yeah. at the time. I want to ask you this also, you, you, we mentioned, and you, you've also mentioned how much drive and determination you've had and how much that, you know, set you aside compared to other uh, student journalists and people in general, if it wasn't journalism, how much of a backup plan did you have, or were you just full force for journalism? Um, I thought about politics. Uh, I don't know if I would have done well. Um, because I'm, I'm a pretty honest and blunt person. Sure. Anybody who works in, in this building knows that. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I, you know, I, I believe, I believed it. I saw it. I had people reject me. Um, you know, you still get rejection, you know, you still get rejection, um, to these days. I think to, to your point though, is that what, what this generation has is tools that we didn't have. Sure. So for instance, you have a show already yeah. and you're a senior yeah. and, 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 but you're doing it. Meaning, yeah. meaning you could actually say, oh, you know, I, I always tell my students, if you want to show, there's a YouTube channel, there's yeah. Facebook Live, yeah. go do it. Now, whether they do it, to, sure. you know, says a lot about who they are. You're doing it right now. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, no matter what tools we are, you know, for me, I feel like these days right now, the tools are right, right on your phone here. Yeah. But it's the people that are actually going to use it and do sure. it that are going to succeed as opposed to others that be like, eh, it's my senior year. I want to, I want to party. I want to relax. You know, I, my studies are too much. Yeah. So that, so whether you had the tools that you have Nolan, or you didn't have the tools at my point, it's about the drive and willing to, you know, to, to use the tools. So, you know, my tools were my skill set, which was my ability to talk and communicate with people. Um, sure. and so you're, you're, you have the same ability, but you also have the, the technology now yeah. that you can have your own show on YouTube. Sure. And that, 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 that definitely helps nowadays. I think, you know, get yourself ready for that. I asked you a, a short while ago about knowing that you were going to be in journalism from a perspective, maybe as a younger child, but when you were at, in college, do you remember a moment where you're like, this is where I belong and this is why I'm doing this? Yes. I mean, I, I knew in college that I had made the right choice. I mean, I knew in high school cause I was, I was doing community television in high sure. school. Um, my first time I was on television was in the seventh grade. We had the, you know, the community cable access channels that they still have the ones that broadcast at the town council meetings, et cetera. Right. Um, I had volunteered for them. Um, I had volunteered in high school. I worked for the local paper in, 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 um, near the high school. I did that. So I always loved it. I always did it along the way. So, uh, yeah, and yeah, you get scared. Am I going to make it? Yeah. You look at the competition, you know, oh my gosh, you know, and you just keep on going. 
Uh, and, you know, for, for as much success I've had, I've been rejected and I've been cast aside. Sure. I've been discounted. So, so um, you know, there's, there's one thing to make it the business and there's another thing to stay in it. You know, how many people that you first were watching even years ago are still here? Yeah. You know, Channel 10 obviously has, sure. you know, we have a, a handful now, not as many as we did before. Um, and that's a testament to the station, but mostly those people. Yeah. But a lot of people, especially during the pandemic now yeah. and the changing times, you know, we, we, we've had a challenge of people who sure. have went to school and studied this and they loved it. And they came and they're like, yeah, I'm not sure this is for me, you know? So I think that was another kind of the result of the pandemic, yeah. but yeah, I think in definitely in college to answer your question, I knew I was on the right path. I just didn't know where it was going to take me. Post-college. And I'll, I'll ask you that in a little bit, but I sort of want to ask this question beforehand. You mentioned community access television, doing that seven years old and working for the paper and doing stuff in high school. Do you think that helped you, helped you progress faster at the beginning compared to others who maybe not didn't have those opportunities or use those opportunities? I think so. Yeah. I think anytime you put yourself out there and you get an opportunity, <clears throat> whether it's, you know, doing obituaries for the local community paper or, or covering the Christmas parade for community access television. Yeah. Put me out there. You know, by the seventh or eighth grade, my family was watching me on the community television, you know, so it definitely put your own experiences out there. And I, I always tell people, I tell my own children, you got to put yourself out there. Sure. Life's a buffet table. And unless you go to the buffet table and try everything, you're not going to know what you really like. Sure. So it takes a little guts to do that. But if you can put yourself out there, yeah, any experience, whether it's on TV or travel or friendships or relationships, those experiences will help you along the way if sure. you listen. So I'd like to, I'd like to, and then what I wanted to ask after that was you graduate school, journalism degree, the timeline, what was it looking like between graduating and then your first job in Boston at WLVI? Well, so when I was in college, uh, I was interning right. at WLVI and then towards my, towards my graduation, they needed a freelancer. So sure. for those of you who don't know freelancers, it's basically you're hired at will with no health insurance and usually right. a crappy pay. <laughs> um, and I was willing to do it. So I was willing to do Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. And um, I was behind the scenes. Uh, and I just continued to, to bust it. And then at the same time, I was busting tables right. and, and waiting. So I, I was just, you know, trying to struggle to get, to get sure. in living at home. Uh, and then I started applying to different places. I actually worked behind the scenes at channel 12, right. um, with, uh, Walter Cryan and, and Karen Adams, um, who helped me tremendously. And then I got my first on-air job in Springfield. So it was probably maybe, maybe two years or, you know, two years, three, two years probably before I got my first on-air sure. job, but I was still doing part-time stuff sure. behind the scenes. Um, and I loved it. Sure. I, I, I absolutely loved it. When I got on, got on air, um, I was the crime reporter. So I would, you know, spend hours at the, at the courthouse. I would hang out with the lawyers, hang out with the prosecutors, even way after my shift ended. <laughs> and that's how you get scoops. And, you know, I was lucky. So well, you, you mentioned that uh, part-time and doing all that stuff and then eventually getting a full-time gig and now you're here and you're one of the, the, the main cast members. But uh, and I had Hector Molina on from ABC6 a, a while ago during the summer. And, and, you know, he's relatively, I don't want to say super new, but he's, you know, not like uh, Frank Carpano who's been there for 40 years. And I asked him about the how his take on having patience and you t when it's your time to have big stories and have the big moments 
how did you deal in that situation where you sort of had to bid your time to get bigger stories instead of doing the small stories at first? Um, I, I knew that it came with the territory. I, I knew that, that if I was to work myself up, that I would have to do a lot of work behind the scenes. Sure. Um, and I also, when I arrived at stations, like for instance here, um, you know, I, I, at that time was working with Jim Terracani on operation Plunderdome. So I was the right hand man there. So I think one of the things I tell people in TV uh, or in life in general is that just because you're on TV doesn't make you any better or anybody else than anybody else. Sure. It just means that someone's going to recognize you at Dunkin' Donuts probably, but you, you got to take your ego out of the equation right. and you got to put the real reason why you want to be, do you want to be on TV or do you want to be a TV journalist? There's a difference. Sure. I wanted to be a TV journalist, so I just learned from people. Uh, I didn't walk in and be like, "Hey, it's my story." Uh -huh. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Dan Jerry. This is my big scoop. I was never like that. Um, I always believe, and I still do to this day, that the story owns the show, not you. Interesting. And I think we're in a, I think we're in a kind of a funny area now, where a lot of young people in the business want to be sure. the focus. Yeah. You know, they're they're tweeting and they're Instagramming and they're TikToking you know, which I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that those are bad, but I'm sure. saying there's more, more focus should be put on the stories sure. and the journalism than your vacation to South beach. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, that, that, that makes sense. And I can, I can see that. And it just comes with, you know, uh, I think the ability to have all this technological stuff nowadays where people can see everything. And I want to mention that it brings up a good point. Now that, you know, you're graduate, you have a job, you're here, whether part-time or, full-time you're on television, you have more eyes on you and you're now an adult with a job and people are more going to be on your case at first. As a young reporter, how did you deal with that sort of you know, to brush it off and say, this is just coming with the job and I'm just here to, you know, to, to do my job. Um, I probably didn't brush it off. It probably bothered me a lot. I think, I, I think you'd be foolish to say that, you know, um, when somebody writes something about you or says something about you on a radio show and it's negative, yeah, it bothers you. You know, I'm, I'm human. I have feelings and sure. yeah, I, I probably was really upset about it. Um, I think today I realized there's a little bit that, that it comes with a territory, but I don't think anybody wants anything. Um, there's a difference too. There's a difference between something said about you. That's mean and something that's said about you constructively. Sure. So if somebody, you know, I, I I've been talked about on the radio before I've been, written about if it's constructive, you know, I thought Janik was too hard with his question on the governor. That's fair. Yeah. You know, um, I think he's an, you know, an egotistical blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, that comes to the territory sure. and, and people can just go on Twitter and Facebook and they can say what they want. Um, for the most part, I've been pretty you know, lucky, but yeah, people say, say things and that comes to the territory. Sure. I think you build up, you have to realize at some point that, you picked this career. Yeah. You wanted to do for me, television journalism wasn't for me to be on TV. It was the better way for me to tell a story. Sure. Um, cause I, I tried newspaper. Um, so it comes to the territory. I don't think anyone's sure. going to feel bad for me, you know, and I think you have to put your big boy pants on. If you, if you, sure. you know, if you want to be on TV, people are going to say things about you and they're not always going to be fair, but that's life. Sure. Seeing that you're a, a seasoned vet now at NBC 10 and you've mentioned it, you know, having the drive, having to will to succeed and push forward and take what you can to you in your position, your viewpoint now, pre, what are the prerequisites that new journalists, new fresh journalists have to have in order to stay around or to really have an impact on what they do? I think they have to love it. 
Um, this is, I always tell people there are jobs and there are careers. This, I wouldn't classify this as a job. Uh, you know, the hours, the demands, uh, you know, it's, it's a career. So you have to realize when you get into this career, you're going to be paid like crap because that's what most careers pay. Although I know the spectrum is kind of changing now because sure. now new people are kind of getting the ways TV news necessarily hasn't changed. Um, at least at this point, pay can be tough. Um, you're going to work hours. You don't like to work. Um, so you really have to love it. Sure. You know, and I think, I think nowadays, especially with the demands, um, it's weeding people out very early in the game. Sure. Um, I think you see it on our ear. I think you see it on our, our competitive's ears is that, you know, the main people stick around, but the, but some of the new people it's, they either leave to another station or they get out of the business lately. Sure. Um, I think you have to have a drive. You have to be open. You have to listen. You have to be willing to learn. Um, cause the moment that you think that you've arrived, the door shuts right on you. Sure. So that, that's what I would think. Um, it's a tough business, especially now. Um, but if it's, if it's a passion of yours and you can afford it, you know, if you can sure. afford a crappy paycheck for a few years, then yeah. that's what I would say. Do it. And if it's not, that's okay too. Yeah. Move on to someone else. And I know that people can't, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, don't, don't do something, don't do a career for somebody, anybody yeah. else, but yourself, you know? I, I want to, you mentioned earlier, and I, I, I find it interesting uh, on that aspect of, of the field of journalism, and I should have asked it then, but oh well. You, you assignment editor for Station 12, uh, um, uh, Fox 12, no. Yeah. Channel 12, WPRI. Yes. Um, how do you describe that aspect as the, as the assignment editor? I loved it. I loved it. So an assignment, so for people who don't know what an assignment editor is, it's one of the toughest jobs in the newsroom. Basically you're at the desk and you're, you're listening to scanners and you're, you're getting press releases and you're getting Twitter messages and you're getting emails. And your job is to disseminate that information to the newsroom and move crews accordingly. Sure. So here's a perfect example during our seven o'clock news, which I just got off of um, there's what we believe to be an officer involved shooting in Woonsocket. Right. So the report, Porter that was covering the story of water fire announcing the dates went from a story that she's probably worked on for a bit. And it's kind of an, you know, fun lift up the story. Now we've moved her to Woonsocket and she's uh, investigating now. So that assignment editor is the one that heard it and made the call. So that's what I was doing at channel 12. Um, but I, you know, I was working with Karen Adams, Walter Cryan, Jack White, whose son uh, is now over at Channel 12 too, making a great name for himself. So I worked with some of the some of the best, and I loved it. You know, being that you're at NBC 10 and you've been here for a while, did you ever think when you first joined NBC 10 that you would be here for as long as you were, or was it something like I'm going to be here, see how this goes, and if I stick around, then I'll stick around. But if not, I'll look for somewhere else that you know can help me go further. Yeah, well, when I first, so I've been here, I have two tours of duty here. Sure. So I came here for five years as a reporter, and then I went to Boston and was a reporter, then promoted to an anchor. And then um, when our main anchor, Doug White, passed away, they had reached out to me and said, would you come back? Sure. And I did. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think anyone says, I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is a legacy television station. It's one of the highest rated television stations in the country. So it's a privilege and, and it's yeah. an honor. And I don't take that lightly, but it's a huge responsibility. Sure. You know, you, every, I, I try to make sure every night that I get it right for the viewers, sure. that they, they get the right accurate information, that they get the whole story. You know, we, we do our best, but um, 
And, you know, and, well, people always say that to me, are you going to be the next, are you going to be like, Doug, why are you going to be here forever? I don't know. I, I take one day at a time in my sure. life. So we'll see what happens. But for right now, I, I feel like I'm pretty blessed. Well, I'll say this, and this isn't to toot your horn or, you know, the suck up, but NBC 10 is the, the, the channel of choice in, in the uh, car household. So clearly you guys are doing something right and you're, you're doing something right as. Hey, if we get the cars, well. then we're doing okay. Yes, ex- exactly. That's all that matters. Never mind anyone else. Never mind. Right. Forget about everybody else. Yes, we're, we're we the important ones. We got um, Grandpa Car. We yes. got you know, Grandma. We got, we got it yes. all. Even though Grandpa can <laughs> falls asleep at the at the drop of a dime, it doesn't matter. Um, it's okay. A lot of people fall asleep when they watch me sure. here, so it must be my effect. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned when we were uh, at the beginning and then beforehand, maybe. Uh, about the achievements that you've had, the Emmys, and you, you won the Murrow Award, and you've won a, a few other awards um, as your time as a journalist. What holds more I- importance to you? Those awards, the Emmys or the Murrow Award, or the longevity of being at NBC10 along with the rest that shows that the station has trust in you guys? You know, honestly, that's a great question. You've asked a lot of great questions, but, um, you, you know, the awards are an honor don't, and I don't want to belittle them. Sure. I, I was thrilled to get them. I'm honored to get them. Um, I got them when I was in Boston. So it was even more challenging to get them because you were sure. up against, um, a top 10 market. Uh, the Edward R. Murrow I got here, um, for anchoring of the Boston marathon. Sure. Um, so I, I, like I said, nothing against anybody, but I don't have my, Emmys on, on, you know, on display. Um, maybe I will one day, uh, and nothing against people who do. Um, but I think my, 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 you know, is the, is the longevity is working with new people, you know, is working with new producers is, you know, one of the things I pride myself on and I'm pretty known in this, in this newsroom and other newsrooms is that I just don't show up to read the news. I'm very involved in, the behind the scenes and the writing and the working with producers. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty hands-on in every newscast approving scripts of reporters at night. Um, so to me, that's, that's the pleasure of it all. That's the joy of it. I, I don't think, you know, I wake up in the morning and be like, Hey, I'm a, I bought an Emmy and you know, and <laughs> I, you know, my, I'm, I deserve champagne every day. Yeah. I, I never think that way, but that's not how I was brought up and that's not how I live my life. Um, I'm actually more happy to see my colleagues win the Emmys, sure. quite honestly. <laughs> so I also want to ask you, and I found this interesting as well, reading it on the MC 10 website. So thanks to the, the people who put that together, um, that you covered the, the Ronald Reagan's funeral, the JFK junior crashing, and then the Boston bombings, which are all, you know, big events yes. for yourself to cover those. And maybe, maybe more, and although the Boston bomb was a tragic and big event as well, you covered a presidential funeral and then also JFK Jr. Uh, his crash. How do you, how do you, how do you go about that situation where you're covering these humongous events where you, you know, have to make sure you're doing the best job you can? Um, I think I apply what I apply every day when I walk in this building, which is, is to, um, as a journalist, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I ever was arriving at a story and was like, wow, this is a big story and I'm here. I think it was get the facts, get the story, tell the people. It was never about, you know, after the fact, you might sit and have a beer and be like, wow, you know, I can't believe I was at Ronald Reagan's funeral. I can't believe I was one of the first reporters on Martha's Vineyard to cover the JFK plane crash or that, you know, gosh, what a, you know, what a terrible night the station fire club was or, or the, the boss, you know, I, I think that I apply it to every story, which is get the facts, 
ask the tough questions and tell the people. Sure. Because I mean, really the people that our viewers are my boss, Sure. <laughs> you know, they expect from me yeah. and if they don't like it, they won't watch. And then, sure. you know, so, um, I think those are things you probably look back later in my career, but I really haven't had time to, or even sure. sat back and been like, Whoa, I covered that. Sure. Um, I mean, the images from some of those stories, you know, they, they, they will always stay with me. Sure. Um, so, you know, then that's, that's about growing up and, and maturing and yeah. you know, as a person and as a journalist, I guess, you know? Sure. I asked you about the the uh, Emmys and versus the, the longevity you've had there and the trust that the station has. And regardless of the, the JFK Jr. story or the Ronald Reagan story, we're at NBC 10. When, when you're tasked with a story like that or stories like that or, you know, being around at, at NBC 10 as long as you've been as well as the other ones there, d- does that speak in the, the trust that the station has in you to be able to cover these big things or to be here um, for the time you've been here? I think, I think, you know, when you have somebody who has been here for a while, you know, um, it gives you context. Sure. You know, it's, it's probably like a conversation around the car table. You have your grandfather who gives you context. You have yourself that that's, you know, you're curious and you're always probably asking questions and, you know, um, and then you have your parents that are kind of in between. And I think that's, a. I, I always say, uh, I, I said to my producers the other day, I said, I, because I love to talk about food, it's like a good newsroom and a good newscast cast is like a good charcuterie board. <laughs> it's got a little of everything, sure. you know? And I think what I um, can provide as well as, you know, Patrice Wood, Frank Carpano, Mark Searles, Allison Bologna, Mario Hilario, you know, they provide context, sure. you know? They know that when Jim Landman steps down from Congress, we know what, what the importance of that is, Yeah, you know? Um, we know when, um, you know, today, for instance, was announced the first man, a person of color is leading the Rhode Island state police. You know, we know not that anybody else doesn't know, but I'm saying we, we've covered state police for so sure. long. We know that. So I think, you know, my producer, a lot of my producers will look to me and be like, what do you think? Do you think sure. we should leave with this? You know, and I'm not always right, but I have a, an opinion that's based on experience. Sure. Um, and I also learn a lot of things from, from producers, you know, some of them are your age and a little older, they teach me things too. So, um, you know, everyone likes a nice charcuterie board. Sure. <laughs> I, I like the reference. I, I, my, me, myself, I, I'm not a big charcuterie board fan. Um, okay. But, but, but to each his own, you know, as, as Martino saying, um, I want to ask this, and I, I mentioned this to, or I asked Frank this, and there's kind of, I don't want to say out of context, but maybe not in his element, seeing as he's sports, although sports gets a lot of flack from fans. But the last, you know, chunk of time, the last six or seven, five or six years, whatever it may be, the news has sort of, I don't want to say been under attack, but it's been really, you know, against the people angry at it and saying this is wrong and this is fake and so on and so forth from, from all sides. For, from your aspect, and I, I, I believe that NBC10 does a good job of it, of sharing the entire story and doing their best to provide that. But for you, telling a story, presenting a story, how do you make sure that what you're doing isn't going to be attacked and you're going to do your best to provide the story that should be told? I mean, I think it's basic, and, and, and um, I teach this as well. It's, it's, it's extremely basic, and that is who, what, where, why, how, you know, when. It's the six questions. If you ask that, if those six questions to anything in your life, whether you're renting a car, renting an apartment, you know, going out for dinner, or you're on a date, you're going to get the facts, right? 
Yeah. Who are you? Where'd you come from? When did you move here? Why did you come here? You know, all those questions. I try to apply those questions every night. And I also make sure that I don't get both sides. I get all sides. Sure. So if I, so if I heard something earlier in the day, you know, for instance, um, you, you were talking about Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci at seven o'clock, he had, we did a story that was just in that he had said, he's not going to the white house correspondence dinner. And I said to the producer, well, don't forget, he's saying this on the same day that he said that the, the, the pandemic appears to be ending transitioning sure. that needs to be in the story. So let's put that in. Sure. You know, uh, a reporter will, you know, will say to me, well, you know, I went to water fire. Everybody loves water fire. I said, everybody loves water fire. Are you sure? Because I'm sure somebody out there doesn't like it. Sure. You know, I don't know who they might be. So I think I ask questions a lot. Um, but you're right. Media has taken a beating. Uh, and I think, uh, it's the reporters on the street that have really kind of encountered some of it. And I think it's driven some of them out. Sure. I think this, there's been safety issues. There's been name calling. Um, there's been some attacks and, you know, we're just doing our job and sure. just like, you know, we're not hundred percent perfect every night, but sure. you show me somebody who is, and you know, I'd like to have dinner with them. Sure. Well, it's, it, it's, it's a tricky thing. And I, I give you all where it is, whether it's any part of the journalism world credit, cause you're, they're doing their best to provide something. They're taking a risk on that. Cause sometimes you could, you know, get threats of certain stuff and it's not always fun, but I'm on a more positive and heartwarming note. Uh, and I feel as though there are a lot of people or you hear that a lot of other people who work for NBC 10, other stations as well, I'm sure do a lot of outside work in terms of, I don't want to say extracurricular, but other stuff to help the public, not just uh, sharing stories, but you do a lot of work with charities and stuff like that. And I'm sure that holds a lot of value to, and probably more than the awards, of course, but also maybe even more than the longevity you have and others have at the station. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most important things is that you can't just cover a community. You have to be part of it and you'd be a part of it in whatever way fits you. Um, for me, you know, I've done, I just did last Friday night, I did the domestic violence resource center of uh, sure. South County. Um, we raised, you know, a few thousand, you know, I think more than 15, $20,000 wow. they raised. Um, you know, I'm willing to be involved in that. I do the American heart association. My mother had heart issues. <clears throat> um, I did the red, uh, go red lunch with Allison recently. Yeah. You want to be involved in the community and you want to help people in the community. And if you can do that, I'm all for it. You know? Sure. Well, speaking of helping the community, you, you mentioned it earlier, going back to alma mater teaching students, what's that like for you now to after all you experienced, not just when you were a student coming to stuff and younger, but then starting out in the field, well, what's it like now to go back and sort of help and instruct these students to say, Hey, I made these mistakes early on and I want to make sure you guys aren't doing that. And you guys are successful. It may be even more successful than me when the time comes. Yeah, let's hope so. Some of them, and some of them are, <clears throat> um, I think, first of all, I have the world of respect for teachers. Um, I think they just do an incredible job. Um, so for me, it was a great experience because I didn't teach by a book. I taught out of, out of, out of you know, out of the, out of the sure. box kind of, um, you know, two of my students are work for us. Uh, I'm another student that worked, went to the subject is the 11 o'clock producer, probably one of our better producers here, if not best. Um, you know, I just give real world experiences. Sure. You know, I think, I think sometimes when you go to, you know, go to lectures or whatever like that, there's a lot of, you know, blah, 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 blah. And sure. nothing against any professors and stuff like that. But I would come in the next day and be like, Hey, this is what we had last sure. night. We had to make this decision. Um, and I was very big in my class, like I am in life and pushing people, making sure that they, they really are happy with, you know, sure. a, why are you in this class? 
Are you in this class to please mom, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, older brother? You only should be in this class unless you want to be in it. Sure. So yeah, it gives, it, it's kind of nice because, you know, in this studio, so this is, we're in studio B right now, you know, there's cameras, but there's not a lot of people. Sure. So to actually talk about journalism, kind of like how you and I are talking and have some reaction and have students question you. And, and to me, I love that exchange. Sure. Uh, and my students, you know, fortunately, knock on wood, my students who wanted to pursue TV in, in the business, most of them are in it. Sure. So, um, that's a, you know, that's a credit to them. Sure. And, well, and, you know, credit to yourself to, you know, providing that input and putting forth the knowledge and, you know, having them interested in wanting to continue there. And that I'm sure also speaks to the ability to have two of your students work with you at the, the station. And is there a story, and I, I might've asked this to, to a few of your colleagues, but is there a story that you're still trying to chase or a story you would like to maybe talk about, although that may be a hard question to ask? You know, there's not too many stories that I, I would, um, that I would, that I'm chasing right, you know, right now. I think there's a few interviews that I would love to have. Uh, I'd love to sit down with a few people maybe and, and talk with them about their experiences. Sure. Um, but I always, you know, I, I, in, a, in a perfect world, in addition to this job that I have right now, I would love to work and do like a, like a kind of a one-on-one -on -one conversation like sure. we're having right now with people, because a lot of the people in the news, they're only on for clippets. Sure. You know, and I, I think it's great to have a, a conversation with the new police colonel. Talk a little bit about his childhood. How did he grow up? Did he ever think, he, you know, he'd be able to to become, you know, a, a leadership role? Sure. Um, the racism that he's faced. You know, I, I would love to talk to uh, Biola Davis from Central Falls, you know, and have a yeah. real conversation about who they are, not so much like, oh, your new movie's out. Tell me about the movie. Sure. Um, so, you know, maybe one, somebody, somebody around here and will hire me to, to get that yeah. job. But, but in the meantime, yeah, I, I think I'm always looking to, to sit down with people and learn about who they are. Sure. Kind of like, you know, you have this, this great platform right here that you can do that. Um, I think I'd love that too. Sure. Um, because I think a lot of times we're covering people. It's just so quick. Sure. You know, it's, it's, you know, one, one minute clips here. And so I think I'd like to do more long form. Sure. And I think that's the only, that's the only thing that I think I would be interested in doing going forward. Sure. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, you had posted stuff on Twitter about uh, going uh, outdoors and traveling and hiking and whatnot. So for you, and I read that also on the your NBC 10 bio, so thanks to them once again. For you, what's what's the pizzazz to you or gravitation to you to being outdoors and uh, hiking and all that stuff? Yeah, so I'm I'm a I love I'm an avid outdoors, but I love to I love to to hike. I I I love to go. I walk almost three miles a day. Um, <clears throat> love to camp. Love to climb mountains. Uh, love to kayak. Um, I, I just love the outdoors. I feel like you know in this in this building and in, in this profession, it's go 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 sure. go. There's a lot of stress <clears throat> every night, <clears throat> and um, you're on. Sure. I mean, I'm on. I do at least four newscasts a night, and if I have to fill in, there's more. So that's a lot of time to be on television <clears throat> sure. and a lot of room for error. And, you know, like you were saying, you messed up a few times. That's part of the life. Yeah. You know, I mess up on live television sometimes. I don't, you know, whatever. That's we're human and we, sure. we recover. Um, what I love about outdoors is just the peace. I love nature. I just like be able to walk and like you listen to a bird and you're like, oh my God, I never heard that, you know? Sure. Um, so it's, it's my time to kind of escape from you know, the, the lights and the, sure. the, the job that I, I, I picked. And um, I just love it. I, I love sure. being one with nature. It's awesome. I want to, you mentioned the, the four shows broadcast that you're on. I could have met, I should have asked that earlier. 
But for you, was that something that you ever, you were aiming to do, where you, to be on TV as much as you can? Or is that something where you're like, hey, I'm doing this great no, and the producers no, just came to on, I was not aiming to be on TV a lot. And, and some people are probably like, he's on TV too much. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to switch, switch the channel every so often. No, I wasn't planning on that. When I came here, I had one newscast, uh, and then I got promoted to, um, what did I get promoted to? I got promoted to, um, I did the five. And then I was in charge of, uh, they actually helped me let me create the seven, right. me and my former news director. Uh, so I did the five and the seven, and then I got promoted to the 11, and then I got promoted to the 530. So I never right. planned on this. Yeah. Too much Dan on TV, I think. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing with it. My, my household and most households that watch MC10, I'm sure, don't have a problem with it. Well, I want to end this, this, this conversation we have. And once again, I, I want to thank you for setting the time aside and being willing to do this. But I want to... And this with a segment called the one word challenge for those out there who don't know what it is. The one word challenge includes my guest and myself. I asked my guests, uh, uh, throw out a few names, places, topics, things, proper nouns as English people, English majors would do. And has some connection to my guest and to do say a word or two, or even a sentence. The best okay. is the mind when they're ready. So are you ready, Dan? I'm, I think I am. I'm a little nervous, but go ahead. Uh, Quincy mass. Um, home. Kids magazine. Uh, fun memories. Suffolk University. Good, 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 good stepping stool. Uh, Patrice Wood. Great colleague. Uh, 21st century news media. I'm unsure. <laughs> uh, and last but certainly not least, Dan Jennig. Um, kind. I, I certainly think kind. I would also put, I put forth a, a, a well-rounded person, a very hardworking person, as well. Well, sir, I, I want to say thank you again for doing this. I appreciate this was fun. And this was a, a true treat for me growing up in Rhode Island and watching you uh, on NBC 10. Well, I had a great time. I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Tell your grandfather I say hello. Sure. And I think I'll, I think in a couple of years, it'll be switching. I'll be watching you <laughs> sure, doing yes. your thing. So keep up the great work. Yes. Well, what I usually like to do, and maybe you don't have anything, and if you don't, then you don't have to do it. But I, let, I give time to the guests to put out anything, promote, plug, anything that they may have. You know, I, I, I don't have anything to promote. Just, you know, thanks for watching me on NBC, Ted. I appreciate your loyalty. Uh, and uh, it's to me, it's just a privilege doing this job. And I hope to have it for a little bit longer. Well, for all those out there who enjoy this episode, because why the heck wouldn't you enjoy this? Uh, like, subscribe, comment, share, follow, like I said at the beginning, because years from now, and I usually say Joe Rogan, but that not, might not be the best name to use nowadays. So I'll say 10 years down the road when this becomes humongous, because why wouldn't it be? You're going to want to like, subscribe, follow all that fun jazz. Follow on Instagram, Nolan Carr at night, and then on Twitter, Nolan Carr night for all news updates. Garn the podcast, in the words of the great Johnny Carson, I bid you all a heartfelt good night till we see each other again next week.